The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? Looking back, I think I looked at guys differently, but my, I, my what's my other example of how other guys look at guys? I don't know what they're actually feeling, so I only know what's going on in my mm-hmm. mind. I don't know that it's abnormal, and I don't know that I'm looking at guys in a way that is sexual or is or is yet yeah, different from the way the other guys view other guys or hetero guys view guys. So I didn't know. And then looking back, I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely, like, Paul Walker, my baby boy. I'm like, I definitely yeah, thought he was hot. you're obsessed with him. But then also it's weird about being gay. Sometimes you're like, do I want to be that person or do or, I want to be with that person? Yes, I so feel that. I yep. want both. I want to be Paul Walker and I want to be with Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. That was a quick clip from this week's episode with my best gay, Jeff Epstein, who's sitting right here limping in the kitchen because <laughs> he's an old man. I just can't even deal. We're we're both Geminis. We're both about to turn 31 and we feel very old. We're like limping. We're a mess. Happy Pride. This was supposed to be a Q&A episode. And then Jeff and I just started ranting and talking about our queer lives. And so we didn't get much Q&A done. But we I will do a Pride Q&A on my Instagram. And yeah, I hope you love this episode. It's like two best girlies chatting on a couch. (laughs) And with that, here's this week's episode with Jeff. What a shit show we are. Do you you want to introduce my... Happy Pride. Happy Pride. You'll be introduced separate. That's how I do. So, Happy Pride. Um, Jeff's a shit show per use. But like, be extra. Extra, extra shit show today. Broke his finger in Catalina. Completely sunburned. (laughs) Seems unwell overall. Seems like I have COVID. (laughs) As I'm sitting on his fucking couch. He doesn't tell me... <clears throat> I'm sick with the cough. Uh, Ew. I know. Ew. Listen, it's not great. I have a cough. I have a stuffy nose, but I thought it was because I'm sunburned. I don't know what's happening. Um, I think we're starting off Pride Month with a bang. Because listen, if anybody's messier than me, it's every other gay. <laughs> <laughs> Way this, messier. This is true. <laughs> Two things. One, who would have thought in 2019, first of all, crazy that we've known each other that long. Yeah. And who would have thought? It's 2022. And so finish what you're going to say, 2019 what? That you would have invited me on your podcast and we would have developed this queer budding friendship. I know. Both two insane gay people. <laughs> I work crazy on different levels, though. I will say, like, backtrack. Jeff was sober. No longer sober. But not in the sense of, like... He's not fucking... 
shooting heroin anymore. <clears throat> I made a conscious decision with the work of a therapist over a period of time, like months and months to be like, hey, I can drink or whatever. And yeah, of course, it sounds ironic now because I'm like a hungover mess from Catalina. But that was part of the reason why I was such a mess is because I haven't even been drinking that much and I had no tolerance. So all of a sudden I just fucking blacked out. <laughs> And I'm like, my friends, Lauren and Trisha, they're like, we've never, I was like, I don't know what happened. No, you were more unhinged, it sounds like, in Catalina than you were in Vegas Vegas. for my birthday. Yeah. Vegas was a wild ride, though. Jeff in a room with five other girls spending the night with us. (laughs) But I didn't know who I was going to kill more, you or Stephanie. I go to leave to hook up with somebody and she goes, I love you, but... if you're coming back, if you wake me up, I'll fucking murder you. And I come in at, it must have been 3.34. And he was planning on, here's the thing that pissed me off though. It was that, okay, we had already had a long night. We were getting back to the hotel at 1 a.m. The following morning, my kid was coming to Vegas to stay in the hotel room for her nationals competition. So we went up early for my dirty 30 Jeff met me up there. He had his own hotel room, but like somehow Didn't never even stay. never stayed in it once. <laughs> never stayed. So it's five of us in one room. Okay, but it was two like clean beds. Suite. It was a beautiful suite, but two clean beds. And they had been drinking morning to night, and there was copious amounts of other drugs and pills and not whatever else. I think I just did some shrooms. <laughs> I don't know what you whatever. did. You did shrooms, maybe smoked a little weed and drank some alcohol. And was like, okay. And you were fine. There was somebody else there. We won't name names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was completely unhinged. She I love that she like woke up and yeah, I was like, I don't know what I can say, but you say it. You say it. You can say whatever you want. We'll just make her anonymous. Okay. Does she listen? I don't know. I feel like she doesn't. No, she doesn't listen. It's fine. Okay. Well, she woke up from some sort of hangover or something. Then was like, oh my God, I'm like dying. Like I, I need to, or like I'm having anxiety. I need to take a Xanax. And I was like, wait, now I'm like so false. I need to take an Adderall, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then when she's like out of her mind, took a shower for five hours. Five hours. <laughs> <laughs> While drinking in the shower, mm-hmm. I think. And then was like, guys, we're going to come down. I'm going to come down and meet you at dinner. We went through dinner, went through way longer than that. It's like midnight and she's like, I'm ready. And then stays out for an hour. <laughs> and then goes back <laughs> to the room and goes to bed. Um, no, it was a wild time. But the reason I was going to kill Jeff is because like the next day. So we had already been out. We went to Thunder Down Under. Oh, yeah. And that's when I was like, I'm really gay. Like, I don't like this. This is not hot. There's nothing sexual or sexy. I feel like you about were into this. some of it. Not really, no. I was into it for you. I feess like if you, you. like the show, it was just a good show. Jeff is sitting there the whole time at the show on Grinder, trying to match with one of the guys in the closest vicinity to where he was, a.k.a. one of the Thunder Down Under boys. And the match one with, like across the suburbs of Vegas. And he was <laughs> just as hot. So I was like, this is fine. He was hot. He was hot. I didn't realize on Grinder how raunchy it is. Like, it's just full on dick pics right away, right off yeah, the bat. What do you think it was? I don't know, more like lesbian Tinder. No, that's why we like want to get to know each other. No, gays will be on (laughs) Tinder or Hinge. Well, I guess just the two. They don't wait. Can gays do Bumble or is Bumble? Yeah, no, you can do Bumble. Are you Bumble? 
I were was, you on Bumble? I was on Bumble for women, but not anymore. Okay, well, so Tinder Hinge is very like, nice to meet you. Like, what's your family like? Would you like children? <laughs> Grinders like, do you have lube? Like, <laughs> can you host? Are you on prep? <laughs> and sometimes they lie. Yeah. That's a fucked up thing to lie about, too. It is. But can we talk about the fact that you're not on prep and that I'm you were, I know, but pre Ryan, you were fucking wilding out. And I was like, bitch, you should get on prep, which is true. But the reason, okay. So what had happened was I was dating. Somebody. First of all, what is prep for anyone prep who's listening and doesn't know you can take to protect yourself against getting HIV. HIV. And so no, a lot of people in that community are on it. If they don't know. I was going to go on it because I was actually dating somebody that was HIV positive and it opened my eyes because yeah. I, I learned a lot about it and being like, okay, because he was taking certain medications that protected himself, but he wanted to have that double barrier. So then I went through my doctor, which looking back, this is so frustrating because I was just like, hey, I want to like double protect myself, whatever. And it was like a months long process. Like you, you can't do that because then it's like, what if yeah. I just give me the fucking just give it to me? Yeah. So then I finally, it was actually right after Vegas that finally she like approved it. And I went on it for like, I want to say a month. And then I started dating Ryan. I was like, well, yeah. never mind. And then I was like, there's no point because you're like, in a monogamous relationship, like which I was not expecting stomach. because you were fucking ho phase. Hoeing out. Hoeing out. This- I mean, so we go to Thunder Down Under. Jeff is on Grinder the whole time. We get back to the hotel. My kid's arriving. <laughs> Jeff is leaving, driving home at 6 a.m. Most people are leaving in the wee hours of the morning because my kid is going to get there at 2 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And so I'm exhausted. We've been partying for like four days straight. And even though I was sober. I was like, I, I was like partying. Yeah. But even though I was sober, I will it's say. Uh, it's a lot. The smoke and just being up all night I and like not you had a cigarette, sleeping. I had a few cigs. Several. We had several cigarettes. Which, and I was saying this too in Catalina. People understand. It's almost like not even the drinking. Smoking cigs when smoking. you don't smoke, it takes you out. Like yeah. I feel like this might actually be from smoking. Probably. Yeah. I mean, oh I God. felt hungover for days. I'm smoking cigarettes. I'm like, yeah. It's disgusting. So we're raging, whatever. It's 1.30 and... We get back to the hotel. He's supposed to be leaving five hours later. And he goes, I'm going to stay in the taxi and go see this guy across Vegas. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I'm going to kill you if you come in at 3.30 in the morning. And and I will say this as a sober person. And I don't think you, you realize this when you're the drunk person. Your pores reek. Oh, no, they reek. That I know. Like, I want to gag. Gag. When I smell people who are super drunk and they're like, they've been sweating and you can just smell that like nasty alcohol smell. And I'm like, Jesus, have I smelled like that before? And I totally have. It's gross. Okay, but I don't think I was like that. So the smell alone will wake me up. (laughs) I was like, if you come in here at 3.30 and wake me up, I'm going to fucking kill you. So he comes in at 3.30, wakes me up. No, I tried my best. I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no way. He crawls into bed. light ass sleepers like, what the fuck's going on here? And then you were up two and a half hours later packing the fucking, uh, the bag that you brought to leave. And I'm like, Jesus, unreal. A mess. But no, that was, I was just thinking back. So that was like a year ago. I probably, I don't think I even blacked out in Vegas. That was like, but that was like one of the messiest. Then I remember 
when I went to Cancun with my family. I only blacked out there the first day with everyone else. They blacked out every other day. And then now. So it's basically like three times in this whole year that I've gotten messy. The last one ended up with a broken finger and almost lost my phone, but I found it in a shower. I have a burn on my arm. I have COVID slash cigarette voice. I don't know. I'm so scared right now. I swear to God. Gabby's about to give birth any second. If you give me this, I'm going to be pissed. Um, Guys, I didn't want to cancel on to honor my commitments. <laughs> okay, Mr. <laughs> AA over here. Listen, I still stand by the principles. I'm like, we honor our commitments, we show up. You, that you do. I do. You are a stand-up guy. I know what it's like to live in the stress of having high credit card debt. It can sometimes be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you have high interest debt, and sometimes it can be even harder to ask for help. And that's where Upstart comes in. Saying goodbye to high interest credit card debt is one of the first steps towards financial independence. But interest month after month can feel like you're in a never-ending hamster wheel, and that's where Upstart comes in. We've all been there. Seemingly out of nowhere, you get hit by an unexpected expense or bill. When that happens, it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down, and it's normal not to know where to turn. Luckily, Upstart is here to help. Upstart-powered personal loans can help you pay down high-interest debt all online with one simple and easy-to-understand payment term. Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path towards financial freedom. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart also knows that you're more than just your credit score. So rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to help you find the smartest rate for your loan. You can check your rate in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000 without impacting your credit score. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com reality. That's upstart.com reality to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, that's upstart.com slash reality. Healthy living takes effort and is more important than ever. Change is hard, but existing habits are extremely powerful. This is where the new wellness brand Better and Better comes in. They embedded better health and wellness into our existing habits and routines. How are they doing this? With science-backed two-in-one natural vegan toothpaste, Better and Better's toothpaste is formulated with the strictest clean ingredient standards with safe, gentle, vegan, natural, and organic ingredients that you'll recognize. They've removed all the bad stuff. No SLS, no parabens, no GMOs, no gluten, no harsh abrasives, and no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. And they're infused with a daily dose of vitamins that you need. Simply by brushing your teeth, an already good habit that you're doing twice a day for two minutes with Better and Better's Energy Toothpaste, and you get a micro dose of vitamins, specifically vitamin B12 and D3, two of the most necessary and lacking vitamins for most people. Vitamin D is essential for immunity, bone strength, and mood, and most people cannot get enough of it from sunlight and nutrition alone. The great thing about using Better and Better's Energy Toothpaste with vitamins B12 and D3 is that you brush your teeth normally why not get a daily dose of vitamins as well 
Right now, you can try Better and Better's Vitamin Infused Toothpaste and any of their oral care products and save with this exclusive offer for our listeners. Just use code REALITY at checkout for 20% off your first order. Visit betterandbetter.com to learn more about the science behind their toothpaste and their super clean ingredients and shop. Don't forget, you can save 20% off your first order at betterandbetter.com with code REALITY at checkout. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. We can also thank Jeff for introducing me to my new boyfriend, who we love very much. Handsome boy. We both love him very much. I've loved him for years. <laughs> oh my God, please, he doesn't listen to this, does he? He doesn't listen oh to God. this. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this, and he's going to remain completely anonymous. But it was so funny. I briefly told the story about how you kind of pushed for that relationship, and I'm so grateful that you did. She matched you matched and then I was like oh my god I was like is that my baby boy and then <laughs> your baby boy and then I was like oh my god that time you have to and then I texted him and I said blah blah, blah. I'm with her you should respond back or whatever you need it was. to make this work yeah because he didn't respond yeah, at that's first. what it was he didn't respond and I was like what the fuck like why is he not responding to me what was his answer he was away with family for Thanksgiving and he just hadn't checked Hinge. And you know what? It's so apropos it. of him because he's very much so like the nonchalant, I don't care if cute girls DM me type. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see it. It actually tracks. Yeah. Like he's very much so just like can't be bothered with all of that. And I was yeah. like, okay. And then the rest is history. Um, all right. Let's talk about our queer life as to... Two queers. One, what does pride mean to you? Oh God. No, I was actually nervous. I was like, <laughs> what is she going to ask? I was like, what? where are we going like with this? the gayest question ever. What does pride mean <laughs> to you? <laughs> you sound like Anna Delvey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for you. <laughs> okay. And pride. okay, I was gonna ask, what are you doing for Pride? Or I should say, what are we doing for Pride? But I, well, A, I broke my finger and I'm whatever. We're going to Pride on Sunday. You're coming with. No, I can't. I'm wearing a fucking rainbow bikini. I have to, I'm doing the brand ambassador stuff again. I'm gonna kill you. I know. Right. Well, because otherwise there was a big party. And so I like, I, the idea of crowds, like, listen, I'm somebody that's prideful, but I do not like a massive crowded space. Like, I can't. That's why I would, wouldn't like Coachella, things like that. So the idea of going in the parade area doesn't sit well with me. But, like, Ryan's friend, for example, has a pride party at his place in West Hollywood that I like. I'm not going to. You, I'm like, you want to go without me? Go ahead. Yeah. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Ryan. Him. Yeah. Yeah. It actually be a blast. Yeah. I'm bummed that I can't go. But my point of pride, and I always say this too, also because I'm like, I don't go to the parade because I don't like the thing. It's simply, okay, so what does pride mean to me? This is a good question. <laughs> Nothing, because like, he's the straightest gay that you've ever no, met. I, I think it's just he's like- He's the straightest gay. I, I guess my answer would be like, not giving a fuck with anybody else, what anybody else thinks, mm -hmm. which is what I would say to somebody that's straight too. Yeah. Yeah. So carry that across the board. I agree. Because I will say that a lot of times in the gay community, 
there, there are a lot of people that are prideful of being gay and stuff, but then they very much care what a lot of other people think. I think representation matters. <laughs> I think that when there's still bullshit going on, like don't say gay bills That's and true. stupid shit like that, that visibility matters 100%. But I think having a month to celebrate our queerness is a gift to us, but also a gift to the fucking planet because the gays and theys rule the fucking world. They're amazing. And I will say we are the majority, not the minority. It's just that so many people are not even comfortable exploring their sexualities enough uh-huh. to like, you I was know, just telling figure a story it out. I think I so many people are on the like, spectrum. Yeah. Who was, who yeah. I was dating guy, but he wasn't that I, like he, his family didn't know about me because he wasn't fully out to them. Like there's still so much of that. Yeah. And then just people that flat out are not even dabbling when, yeah. When they know that they're gay. When they're in hetero relationships. So what was your coming out situation like with your family? Oh my God, I have the best coming out story. I feel like you may How have old this. were you when you knew you were gay? Wait, I wonder if you heard this because I think I said it in my stand-up show. You might not remember. It was a lot. I was, wait, when I knew I was gay? Yeah. Okay, so this is what happened. I was like 19 and I got really stoned one night. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm gay. Like, <laughs> oh, my fucking God. This is so wild. Like, oh, my God. And then I just called my sister and I told her and then I called somebody else and I told them. And then, then I woke up the next morning. I just told every single person. And I was just like, oh, my God, I, feel, I like got a stone. I realized I'm gay. And that was it? And that was it. You didn't know you were gay before you were okay, 19? Okay, so looking back. Because here's like, the thing. We've talked about this. You've had sex with lots of girls. Before then, but here's what it is. So here's what it is. Here's what's if confusing. If we, if I got naked on your bed right now, could you fuck me? Probably not. No. <laughs> I'm like, not happening, but. I, well, okay. I wasn't, it wasn't an offer, Jeff. No, I know. You don't have to I roll know. your eyes at me, okay? <laughs> you I'm like, get out. Fucker. I just want to know if you could get it up and complete the mission right actually, now if we jumped in your bed. So actually, I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I feel like maybe back then when you're younger, it's just. The idea of like sex is exciting. So you're like, okay. Mm. But I would say this. You don't know yourself. Looking back, I think I looked at guys differently. But my, my, what's my other example of how other guys look at guys? I don't know what they're actually feeling. So I only know what's going on in my Mm. mind. I don't know that it's abnormal. And I don't know that I'm looking at guys in a way that is sexual or is, or is, yeah, different from the way that other guys view other guys or hetero guys view guys. So I didn't know. And then looking back, I'm like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely thought Paul Walker, my baby boy. I'm like, I definitely yeah, thought he was hot. obsessed with him. But then also it's weird about being gay. Sometimes you're like, do I want to be that person or do or, I want to be with that person? Yes. And I so feel that. I yep. want both. I want to be Paul Walker. And I want to be with Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Isn't it weird? So you're really attracted to like yourself. Like your vibe is like all American. Yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you are. You're not like into some like Latin lover or, you know, like your ideal yeah. man crush is like you. A, a pretty like basic all-American. Yeah. And my ideal girl crush is like anything under the sun. Like, that's a, I don't that's, have a Guys, type. that's not true. What do you mean? You like a... Uh, a a boyishly cute kind of like no, I androgynous. Can go, I can go for femmes. You can, but I feel like ultimately what I've seen you like lust over the most have been these like androgynous, <laughs> like tatted up kind of bad bitch vibe. 
Very much so like the Ruby herself. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Not like myself. No, I'm but the tat, the tats I'm and like stuff. very much so a femme through and through. A very Sometimes I like tats. having caring top energy and I love topping girls. But you know, you like the. I'm not a pillow princess. No, I mean the. Well, what's a pillow princess? What's a pillow princess? <laughs> oh my god, a <laughs> pillow say. princess is a bottom. They only receive. They don't give. So why do they call it pillows? Because they're just like laying their head. Because they just the lay there, pretty, and receive from the other girl. They call it a pillow princess. It's called a pillow princess. How did you not know that? I know. I I know nothing about. I don't know. Let's talk about queer terminology that okay, this is a people good, actually don't know about. Let's test my knowledge first. So let's do it like that because I'm not the best with it. Okay, what's a switch? A switch means you can top or bottom. Verse. That's the same. Same thing. Okay, good. So mm-hmm. which I knew verse because I think the gay community use verse. In with the lesbian community, you guys say switch. Well, you can you could use either. I've heard you say switch, it and works. that's where I heard it. I feel like switch, switch actually sounds better. I like switch because it just is like. Let's switch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's switch. Let's switch. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, you already know all these. Mask. Well, yeah. Masculine. Presenting. Presenting. Yeah. Masculine <laughs> and presenting. I'm like masculine. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing. Like just because you present as mask doesn't mean that you can't be a pillow princess although typically pillow princesses are the femmes in the relationship you would be surprised i can't tell you which girlfriend this was actually girlfriends this was for me but two of my more mask presenting girlfriends actually i'm sorry let me just let me just go through this my first very first girlfriend who i will say definitely had she had kind of, I would say, gender issues. I think that she, based off of the things that we talked about, like she really had an issue with her genitalia. Okay. Like didn't yeah. like her boobs and was a touch-me-not. Do you know what a touch-me-not is? Mm, I'm they guessing stri- I mean don't touch you. Yeah. Strictly give, do not touch. But they do call it touch-me-not? Touch-me-not. I think I'm that way with just like anybody else that I'm not dating. I'm like, please don't fucking touch me. (laughs) (laughs) So they're called touch me not. So she was a touch me not. Right. Okay. And I think part of it was because of her not being comfortable with her genitalia. Like maybe she was possibly trans or completely non-binary, but just like hadn't figured that out. And then Fast forward, like, we're finally in the, you know, loved to wear a strap, didn't ever want me to go down on her. And then finally we got to that, like, level of comfort and intimacy that we, that finally, like, I asked her if I could go down on her. And she allowed me to, which she was like, I would never let another girl do this to me, Wait, but I want you to. do I know to. this girl? No. Okay. And 
Which is weird because you also knew my ex, Chris. Like, I, ha- what is, is small, bizarre. like, that you know, like, everyone that I've dated. Like, I know and, California is, like, a big place, but Jesus. I think before you started dating Chris, it was the same thing where I was like, oh, yeah. Where you, maybe it was even in Vegas time. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I know Chris. Tell her blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Exactly. I know everybody on the apps. You do. It's crazy. I know. So, yeah. So, we finally, this girl let me go down on her. And she actually really enjoyed it. And so I think for many lesbians, I don't know how it is in the in the other community. It's just like it's like a level of comfort that comes into play. I think it's stereotypes like for women, like I think we believe that there has to be like a mask and a femme in a relationship to make it work. A lot of us. I'm not saying broadly sweeping like across the board. And I know that like gender dysphoria and like all of these things like are very present in both communities. But I think in the lesbian community, it's like, again, it goes back to what I was saying about like the spectrum and the fluidity. Like I think that sometimes we still get stuck in this like paradigm and in this system thinking that there has to be like a top and a bottom or like a mask and a femme or any of these things. And it's like, once you drop those walls and start like exploring each other's bodies, you just never know what you're going to like. Like I really thought that I would be a pillow princess. And then I realized very quickly that I'm not, that I'm definitely a switch, if not more like top leaning. Okay. So I agree. And I do agree. It exists in the gay community as well. The example I was thinking of, I always ask this question because I do not know the answer. How do in a gay relationship, you know, which one's supposed to propose? Mm. And I'm like, is it the top? Yeah. Is it? No. I I don't know. I feel like, Ah, it's so hard because like I, okay. And what's weird is this. I could see myself proposing to a girl, but I could never see myself proposing to a guy. Cause like, it should just be across the board. Like anyone could propose to anyone. I think, I agree. but I personally can't see. And we know that I like to be dominant with men, which is not the case in my current situation. <laughs> but we, but like, know story. <laughs> we know that like there is this very like top dominating side of me. That's like very present. And I could totally see myself proposing to a girl, but, and what's challenging is even in my relationship with, I'm not going to say her name, who was more femme presenting, like definitely more balanced. I feel like she would have been offended if I had proposed to her. Offended? Yeah. I feel like she would have been offended. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's just concerning also too because it's like, okay, if a girl and a guy, um, I think it's because the gender roles so far have told us like, okay, the guy's going to propose. It's like the girl waiting. What if I was done with two guys? Like the one guy's like going to propose. The other I was like, oh my God, I was about to propose to you. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I have a ring too. No like, one we're can propose to you right weekend. now. You have a broken fucking finger. Well, that's true. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it for like this few seconds because we're recording. So it's out of my mind. Oh, once she leaves here, I'm like, oh God. Okay. I have a question. Oh yeah. So say... Like, can I jerk this off now pro- because I don't have my fucking finger? I, well, I was going to say, can you give a hand job? You cannot. No, thank God for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I was, well, I guess like, yeah. Okay, so you're a switch and you go into a relationship with someone who's a, strictly a top. What do you do? I think that you... I, I don't know. I think you just discuss or you like... 
ask them to be open to learning. Mm-hmm. Exploring. Exploring. Yeah. Listen, I think that should be the case with gay, straight, anything like that. I was just talking to somebody else the other day with this girl who was like, oh, yeah, it was the friend of ours, a guy, whatever, a straight, hetero relationship. It's like, yeah, like we use butt plug. And it's like, again, that's something that like so many straight guys would not be willing to in the beginning. And then like you, they warm up to it. So I think everyone can warm up to something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes a long time. A long time. A long time. Yeah, for me, it was, it's more so just like, yeah, opening the floor and taking it really slow. And I, you know, you know, my situation the with well, I don't want to say who it was that was dating, but <laughs> it was like slowly but surely we got there and then she ended up loving it. And then that became like our norm. And I feel like the sex just got so much better and it would and it lasted like hours at that point, which is so much fun. Cause when it's not just about like me getting off in 10 minutes, it's like we can actually enjoy each other and explore each other's bodies and just like take our time. I think that's the case with anybody. Even when I first started dating my first boyfriend, I like wasn't open to anything. I was like, I guess we can kiss. No, I mean I was more than that. But mm-hmm. I was also just like the idea of like penetration on okay, either end. I, I was need like, to know, I don't like know. what was this like for you? Your first I remember experience. Just being like, I don't know. I guess we're just gonna like suck dick a lot. <laughs> Mind you, he's 10 years older and he's like, this shit isn't going to fly. What was it like the first time you sucked a dick? I'm trying to think if I remember. Oh, no, I do. So I came when I came out that time when I was like 19, I was working at like this restaurant called Charlie Brown's. And there was a guy there. The bartender there was gay. And then we like hung out on one night. And then I think we just got super stoned and we like gave each other head and made out. And then I remember being like, okay. And the next day he like comes up to me at work. He's like, hey, it's like, were you okay with like everything that happened last night? I'm like, yeah. He's like, 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 you know, into specifics. Like, is there anything you want to like talk about? Ask questions about? Like, this wasn't like sex ed. I'm like, the last the girl, fuck? the last girl that I hooked up with, it ended up being a one night stand. And I swear to God, I think she wanted me to hold her hand after. Like she, like through, like I think she's still upset about the fact that it was just a one night stand. And part of it was circumstantial just because I've been like so stressed and I, and I wouldn't, I felt like the gross guy that was like ghosting a girl after he fucked her. But it was like, we had a great time and a great experience. And I left and I was just like, one, and I and I actually talked to my current partner about this. I felt even though we weren't like at all exclusive, I kind of felt like I was cheating, even though I had full permission to go and do whatever the fuck I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And two, it's just my life is like there's no time for me no, to like there's a lot see. Going on. There's so much going on. <laughs> like there's no time for me to do anything else. And so I felt kind of gross. Like I totally kind of okay. But I've been the same thing. And I used hanging. to be like, but also at the same time, it's like. It was a ca- like a casual date and you invited me back to your place and I fucked you. No, I thought the same thing because I'm always like, it's so gross. Like when I see, I've had like guy friends that are straight that are like just churning through these girls and that kind of like aspect. I'm like, this is gross. I would never want to do that. But I'm like, listen, I've had guys come over from Grindr or whatever, and especially ones that like, they're either like bad at sex or bad at kissing or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, you got to go. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to go. And they're like, wait, I'm sorry. Like, do I know guys you like, haul the way lesbians do? No, but I will get into that. But then I remember him, they'll, they'll leave too, and like, hey, I'm sorry, like I know it wasn't good, but like we can try again. I swear to God, it's like, and I'm just like, and then I feel bad because I'm like, block, mm, block them. 
I don't, I Only if they're like too her. annoying and they don't I actually stop. like her and could see us being friends. It's just honestly like my life is so fucking busy right now. Like I cannot, I don't have any space for it. No, I mean, speaking of U-Haul, you just moved. I did just move. No, we don't U-Haul. So- and my new place is so cute. Okay. There's another term for you, U-Haul, obviously. Okay, you know so I was going to say, means. I didn't know that, but I I interpreted what it was because Leslie yeah. just moved in within, I mean, two days. I know. Literally. Every girl that I've been with has been like, I love you, after like two weeks. It's... Not even two weeks. Like, literally a couple couple days. Sometimes hours. It's wild. I told you, the first girl that I went and met in Santa Barbara, we ended up... She was like such a nervous wreck, and then we went back to the place. We ended up hooking up and having sex. And she started crying after we had sex, crying in the bed, this like super butch mask lesbian crying in my arms. And she goes, I'm in love with you. Shut the fuck up. We literally had spent like five hours together. That was it. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, (laughs) no, we're not like that. I was like, I'm not there yet. No, but joking, like when I was dating one of my boyfriends and we were like moving quickly and it was like a few months and I was like, oh, I think we're thinking about moving together. And they're like, okay, you're like really lesbian in it. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I re- and then I'm telling you like any other friend of mine that's a lesbian, same thing. And they're like, within two weeks, I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's wild. And then we wonder why our relationships end so quick. Yeah, well, that's again, uh, a learning thing that I took yeah. from my one relationship. I was like, we're going to go slow. Even with Ryan, I was like, listen, I think we started dating the beginning of last September. So it's been like nine, 10 months, whatever. And I said, we won't even start having a discussion about moving in until like this coming December or like January. So like it would, it will have been almost a year and a half till we even mm. have the conversation. Yeah. Whereas that one guy was like three months. I'm like, yeah, let's move together. <laughs> and and did like, you move in or no? No, thank God. Cause he fucking oh. like, dumped me a few months later. Okay. He came home to visit my family and then dumped me after. Well, I'm like, oh my to be God. fair, no, your I family know. is. I'm like, that was the biggest mistake. A nightmare. Literally awful. I'm like, why? And here's like- what I love about Ryan is he's so well adjusted and so patient with the whole family thing. Where he's like, listen, I won't go on certain trips with you guys, but I can accept your family and tolerate it in small amounts. He was like, I'll hide your Instagram stories. Like, That's what he said too about the broken finger. He's like, Jeff. I mean, to be honest with you, he's like. That's why, like, I have to hide your Instagram stories and stuff like that because, like, I'm concerned. What and is he? Like, what do you mean by hide? Like, he doesn't like hide. The... You can hide somebody's stories. Oh, really? So you, you don't see them? Too. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know this. Oh I don't God. Instagram like you Instagram. No, I you don't are the even... king. If you're not, first of all, if you're not following I mean... Jeff on Instagram, you need to. It's at if Jeff. It's Jeff Epstein. Just like mine is. It's Alexis Haynes. Did you because, copy me? Copy no, me? You fucking there's nothing bitch. fucking to take. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, there's really an, an open Jeff Epstein handle. <laughs> I'm shocked that I got that one. I wonder if, if it was. It's Jeffrey Epstein. It's probably taken. Okay, but anyway, my point is this: if you're not following him, you should be because his fucking Instagram stories are amazing. Okay, but so the point was was that yeah, you can hide. So instead of unfollowing somebody, you just like mute them, or yeah, you mute. You don't hide. You mute. Okay, so you mute them so you don't see them because he's like, so I just don't want to watch this. Yeah, he mutes. He's, he's like, like, I don't. I don't, see it. I don't want to see it. Well, and then too, even after this, he was like, we we're talking about it yesterday, and he was like, honestly, Jeff, he's like, that's why, like, you shouldn't maybe like go on wild thing like that. And I was like, Ryan, that's not the thing I want to hear right now. No, at all. Which the best example was earlier in that day, he and he had brought it up because he knew the stories when I was dating somebody and I got my motorcycle stolen. I go back to his house and the first words out of his mouth I pull up was I told you so. No, he goes, Why'd you park your motorcycle there? And I'm like, mm. that's not what I want. If in a relationship, 
whether you agree with it or not, if I'm like coming to you and you know something terrible happened, like, I'm sorry, what can I do for you? I'm so sorry this happened, whatever. Yeah. Not like shouldn't have done that. Now's not the time. Not the fucking time. And I if you agree think with that, that. Keep it to yourself. I agree with that. Shouldn't have gone out there. I was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, then I got silent. You're like, I know. Thank you. He said it and I got silent. I was just kind of pacing around and five minutes later, Papa, I go, you know what? I'm going to say something because otherwise it's not going to sit well with me. <laughs> Here's the thing that I want to know in your current relationship, because I struggle with this. When is the time to say something and when is it not? Because you and I are two very anxious, fucking high strung people. Well, I don't And know. I want to know like when it is time to suppress it and when it is time to say it. Okay. I feel like I'm going to say this even though I should learn it myself. However, I also feel like I gave you advice in saying something and it kind of... I mean, it was good. Well, it backfired because I should have said nothing. I fucked only because she was wrong about it. I was wrong, and I should have said nothing. I think. All right, if you really think about it, if you really think about it, and you think, okay, will this hurt their feelings? And then sometimes you might have to say something, even being like, okay, it will hurt their feelings, feelings. but I still have to say it. Mm -hmm. But you kind of go through that one first, and you think, will this hurt their feelings? But give me some relief, or in the long run, give this some relief. Yeah. And if you can't answer that, then it's like you probably shouldn't say it. Also, is the intention for us to grow or to cause pain? Because, like, if you want to grow in the relationship and you want to, like, work with the person, amazing. But if you're doing it just because you are angry and you need to get something off your chest, not cool. I'll call a friend to vent before. I think you should get your vents out and then. Well, what I do is then I text my siblings and he goes, I know what you're texting your siblings and telling them about what's on the Oh, and you like, can't oh, do that. No, you can't tell the family. And I, I'll tell you why. Actually, I'm literally working with a family right now um, that hired my mom and I to help them with coaching. And one of the big issues is that the daughter who's currently de- dealing with substance stuff challenges um, has vented to her mom and sister about every little thing that's gone wrong in her relationship. Part of those things have gone wrong in the relationship because of her, right? Because like in active addiction or mental health issues, like we're clearly causing problems. Now the family hates the boyfriend and the boyfriend is trying to support the girl who's in treatment right now. And the family hates him. And it's just like a mess. Do not vent to your fucking family about your significant other ever. I think there's, you can like, there's times to and times not to, but also I will say too, because then I feel bad because then it's like, well, now I'm only hearing the bad stuff. But I'm I'm actually not like that. I'm always like, he did this. Oh my God, how sweet is this? That's I how pictures. I am. I'm I like, love to show off the good ones. Yeah, same. Good stories. But I also do, I'm also like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't think you should do it. I think that's why you have neutral friends who are like, don't know the person and or my sponsor is my go-to. I literally called my sponsor Wait, yesterday. Sponsor? Yeah, I have a sponsor. I don't know because you're not in AA. I am. I've been back in AA for like a while now. I never know what what's the going on situation with me. is. No, I... There's changes all the time. I know. <laughs> I know. Because I'm a Gemini and you are too. So am I. And we definitely, this dual personality thing where it's like, I hate this. I love this. I hate this. I love this. Like oh, yeah. part of me hates this. Part of me loves this. We always feel like split. That is our personality. Like we feel very like the duality oh, I is on a dime. us. And so, yeah, I've had issues with AA for years, even though 
Like the steps in the big book and the traditions are incredible. Love it. All, all about it. I can work all 12 steps in one day. You know, all of the principles actually help me. And because of the 12 steps, I can say that my obsession to drink and use has been lifted for good. Amazing. What a gift. And I can also say that I struggle with the fact that the program has not evolved or changed in so many years. I struggle with the fact that it doesn't have like inclusive language. I struggle with a lot of the personalities in the rooms and the things that people say that are not in the big book that are fear tactics. I have a problem with people pretending that they're doctors and experts. I have a problem with it comes down to the personalities in the room Mm -hmm. and a lot of it going against really the principles and traditions and things like that. No, I agree. I still love AA too. I always say if somebody's like struggling, whatever, and they ask me, I always recommend my first thing, go to a meeting. Mm -hmm. Like that's my first thing. And of course it's not black or white. And so there have been periods. This is my experience. There have been periods where AA has really served me and has stepped up for the plate in my life. And I will say, even in the times that I was not actively attending meetings, I have always had sponsees and all like all of the things, right? Like my life is service and I still would take people through the steps. I always say the same thing too. I still stay really well connected to a lot of people in LA. Mm-hmm. AA. Like I just went to somebody's five year sober dinner. Like I always oh, stay well that. connected. I'm always still of service. I'm always here to, if anybody needs to reach out and ask for help, because a lot of it too is just even people struggling with like opiate addiction yep. and they want that connection and that kind of like perspective. I'm like, okay, I will. But yeah, I think that sometimes there can be some hypocrisy, even in the sense of people being like, I'll show up and I'll, and I'll do this for you, whatever. Or, and, and I'll be of service to you. But then I'll have people, and like this actually happened in it with examples recently, where like the amount of people that are, that end up reaching out or being there, or whatever, or like some of my buddies from CrossFit, and like mm-hmm. not any of the ones from AA that like were showing any support, and so I feel like they are not practicing it. But yeah, I even to this day still say I want to practice and live by the principles. Yeah, I think it's just a way of life. That's what it is. So pandemic hit. I needed some connection. Returned <laughs> back to the rooms of AA, and thank God they were there. And I will say it has gotten me through this divorce. It has kept me level headed. There's never been a time where I'm like I'm gonna get loaded, like where it's like I'm gonna find a dealer and go get some heroin. Not at all. But there have absolutely been times where it's like I'm in a lot of fucking fear right now and it is driving me to the point of like mental anguish. And if I don't talk about these fears and if I don't work a program around these fears, it was so interesting. Someone I won't say who like I was dealing with a fear. Some Something happened. This is like what the trajectory for me. And I think for most alcoholics, something happens we don't know what to do with it. And so we suppress it and we don't talk about it. Then a fear, a core like fear develops. And then as a result of that fear, we tell ourselves these crazy stories about all of these things that must be happening because this happened. And then we start acting on those things and that behavior and those actions drive us to the point of insanity. And like, that's my lived experience. And so if I don't have a place to like quickly and swiftly talk about my fears and do a fear inventory and clear that fear away and really get to the root of it and address it, I'm spinning. And AA kind of keeps me in check. I agree. So I don't know. I Yeah. Peg, love you. Greatest sponsor ever. Oh, I was like, who's Peg? She's Peggy. She's my sponsor. <laughs> Her name's Peggy? Yeah. That's my grandma's great. name. Her name's Peggy. She's great. And uh, love all my sponsees. 
actually, and I know a gazillion people are going to hit me up, but I need a couple new sponsees. So if you're like actually fucking serious, you can DM me. And, yeah, we won't put in the fucking work. And yeah, and if you want to like actually do the work. Yeah. Because you guys help me as much as I help you. And I love taking people through the steps and, you know, work in that big book. So I don't know. It's changed, changed my life. It's changed your life. Grateful for it. Every, I feel like everyone's heard my queer, queer story that like I always knew I was gay. Yeah. I and I didn't knew. until I got stoned when I was 19. I know. You knew that. No, you, I, looking back. You knew. Yeah. You just didn't know what to do with it. No, I and knew I, I had these that feelings, but I didn't know how to identify, identify those feelings. And I feel like that's such a shame. And I, I've i talked about this before about like inclusive sex ed. Like I had no idea oh, that yeah. I was having sex with girls because I only learned about heterosex. Wait, do they so, still not? No, that's still like penis, vagina, penetration. Yeah, this that's is my... your cycle. This is masturbation. This is, they don't talk about anal. They don't talk about oral. They don't talk about prep, probably any of that. They don't talk about any of it. And so, you know, meanwhile, I'm eating my best friend's coochie in the, <laughs> in the bathroom <sighs> at school. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just said the word coochie. Like I was in sixth grade. <laughs> I, I was like, do I say coochie for a, for a little girl when we're eating each other out? I mean, or do I young? say pussy? How young? I mean, I was eating her out. How young? 12. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't even know like to do that. Okay. I'll tell you how it started. It was one of my best friends, still one of my best friends to this date, Gabby. Okay. Little blonde Gabby. Okay. Okay. And, you know, sleepovers. And we just, yeah, one yeah. day we've been at the pool all day and we decided to shower. Oh, a post pool, you're so horny too. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, for girls, it's like putting the no. jets up against your pussy. Post pool or beach. I'm telling you, you go to the sun. Ryan and I said the same thing. It's I like don't know you just want to fuck. I don't know what yes. it is. And so we had been at the pool. We came back to the house. We were taking a shower. We started like touching each other. And like instinctively, it was like we just knew mouth to pussy. And we tried it and she tried it and liked it. And I tried it and liked it. And we just started eating each other out. And it became like a regular thing. I mean, like I was told. Totally I had no idea that that was sex, you know? I remember asking because like I would have friends that were girls or whatever that were having sex and i'd be like so like what is he doing is he like putting your penis like in your like how's and then like once he's putting it in like what's he doing and it's just like stop asking this <laughs> how old were you when you lost your virginity to a was, girl uh 15 or 16 and what happened i got were drunk you, at a field party and had drunk? sex with this lesbian named celia next to my car <laughs> she was a lesbian <laughs> yeah like a known lesbian <laughs> Like yeah, so she was like, I don't know what happened. She was older. I was like, I don't know what happened. And we were like, yeah, literally, like I woke. How up long next did to, you last? I don't remember. And I woke up next to the rim of my car in a field and was just like, what the fuck? It was like the dead of summer too. What was the next time that it happened? I don't even remember. Also drunk? Not like yeah, maybe. Drunk I think this is the thing because I That's will tell you, guys, my yeah. one of my best gays who came out to me when he was eighteen. He was in a year long relationship with a girl, only had sex with her once or twice because he was drunk. And he would try to like hook up with me every time he was drunk. But when he was sober, he was like totally our gay me. bestie, right? Like drove a Mercedes, loved to be with the girls, like, you know, singing like pop music with us in the car. And then he finally came out to me and it was just like, 
I don't understand what it is like when y'all get drunk sometimes and then you like want pussy. And what's up with your friend? I've told this story before, but what's up with your friend? It will let him remain anonymous who likes to eat pussy, but he's so gay. Who? Remember the when you told me to talk to Joe and you were driving down to Orange County. Oh County, my God. And I, I was like, okay. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's like occasionally I like love women, but like occasionally I want a fucking dick, like a real dick. And I don't know what's wrong with me. And it has to be like a very specific person. And he goes, same girl. Like I am totally gay and love dick. I was like, but occasionally I love to eat pussy, but it has to be like the right girl. And I'm like, Okay, what? no, we were all talking about it because you were saying like how much you love to eat pussy. And we're like, okay. And then he was saying me too. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are you talking? I'm like, I've known you like, I don't think, I was like, I don't think he's talking Have the you truth ever here. eaten a pussy? Yeah, but yeah. like that was before then. I, I think he's saying that because he's like, has a memory back. And then again, I can't place myself in his shoes. I don't think, I no, can never. No, he said. He's he one of the gayest people I know. He's one of the gayest. But he said specifically, sometimes I like to eat pussy. But it, I, I asked him. He it's, he hasn't done it though recently. I'm telling you this again. I think so I many mo- so many of us are so much more fluid than we. And attraction is not so much about. Of course, we can have preferences, and of course, like my point is, I think we're all a little gay. Yeah, and we all can be a little bit more fluid than others. Yeah, fluidity is fluid. And the more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. You are no fun today. Oh my god. (laughs) Even if you are in a queer relationship and you feel like you're just a topper, just all these things. Again, like exploring your sexuality and getting out there and trying new things. You just never know. I would have never known that I'm more of a top. If you want to take a dick, I think you try it. I think (laughs) (laughs) think you ride it and go on. If you need toys first, do it. Wait, what was this thing about the stage kit? what What were you saying? It was like there's a stage kit. It's like a prep. It's like a. You know what I'm about? Oh, different yeah. stages oh to my like God. Build. We were talking to another gay man about this who has never bought them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, you don't. First of all, it is like this. For girls, we have two different orgasms. If you can have a vaginal only organ- orgasm, which a lot of girls can't. So I can. So I can have a clitoris stimulation orgasm or a like G-spot internal orgasm. Okay. And they're two different types of orgasms though. They feel different, right? Okay. So I was saying to this guy, like you've never had that G-spot penetrated. Like you never know you could actually enjoy it. But yeah, there are, there's like steps. Like you don't have to go for the biggest dildo. Like there, you can take, Smaller and sm- like it, you can no, start with he, a the way he said finger. it. Yeah, the way he and said it like made it sound like there was like this built kit, like there as if it's is like a, a kitchen kit. set. <laughs> there is a kit that you can. I was get. like, we've got like I'm thinking like you know like a kitchen set with like different size spoons. Yes, it's <laughs> like ki- it I'm actually picturing. is kind of like that. It's a kitchen set. Yeah, I feel like it is like there there is a. You don't want to just go straight to a big dick. Well, no, I know. As someone who like actually likes anal, I also know people that have gone to the hospital. Oh my god, that's several. I know. And uh, the other thing too is this: like you were suggesting that the person does a popper. Tell everyone what a popper is. Okay, so popper is technically like VCR cleaner. So when you go there too, you're like, (laughs) maybe have some VCR cleaner, and they're like, sure, wink face, and you huff it because it like relaxes your body. And so that's why I said I would I recommend it, but why did you say no? I'll tell you why. Because I feel like again, 
you're forcing your body and inducing like a state in order to do something. And that's never really pleasurable when instead, like I find that both my vagina and my ass are, (laughs) this is very TMI, (laughs) whatever are like when I've been eaten out for a while and, and here's the thing for all my Les- newer lesbians, girls who want to try this but don't know what they're doing. If you just go and try to straight finger a girl, her pussy's going to be tight and not at all open. She's going to feel like a fucking virgin. You're going to be, be able to barely get a finger in there. When you s- initiate um, Third base. oral sex oh. on someone and take your time their vagina will open so big, like to the point where I have been with gay women. I have, I have fisted gay women who are like virgins because their pussies just like open, not virgins, but like they haven't had penetrative male sex because the lower extremities, the more pleasure that you've had before and the more comfortable you feel just tend to like open up. It's like trying to poop in a public place. You're like, you're so uh, uncomfortable, but you can't. Yeah, because you can't. The worst. But if you're home and you're comfortable, then like the shit flows. <laughs> that's actually... <laughs> <laughs> Same thing okay, that's with That's actually sex. a perfect example. Same thing with sex. And I so my suggestion that- to him was to not take a popper and to just have a glass of wine, unwind. She did say, she said, yeah. It slowly, you know. Which I agree. And, and to that, I also. Slowly move into it. Added on by saying, you have to literally think like, oh my God, especially if you're like, you're in love with this person. Like, I love this person. Like, I want his dick inside me. You're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, you have because to that really level of mentally think it. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It's like that I think is interesting because with gay male sex, the you can still have penetrative sex and have that closeness. And I feel like it's different with girls because we don't have something like we can't go in each other i agree and that's why i love scissoring and i know some lesbians are like no ew scissoring so old school it's like no that's the closest that i'm ever gonna get to my partner and that's so yeah i i used to always think of that too i'm like wait so the girls like they're not like going inside each other by any means i know i mean you are with your fingers fingers. but it's like it's not the same and that's like nice but it's not like general to general which is why i i will always Scissors sister for, for life. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, in a safe, like, you know. Wait, I want you to get a new personalized license plate that just says scissor sister. girl. Scissor <laughs> yeah, sisters. Scissor girl. <laughs> I heart scissors. Or like, like SZR. Even like, yeah. <laughs> I heart SZR. In this black NG. Tesla. <laughs> With two kids in the back. <laughs> Please. Uh, all right, guys. I think that's it. Um, <laughs> we're ending on the we, We're really ending on like such a, a high note right now. If you're not following along with Jeff, like I said, it's it. It's at it's Jeff Epstein. You can listen to his podcast on Patreon with his siblings, which is a total riot. What's it called? Manic. Manic. And if you want to go back and try to find my episode on Jeff's podcast, it's there, it's there on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And love you all. Bye. Okay, bye.
This week's affirmation is, I embrace my sexuality. And so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, follow along with us, leave a review. It means so much to me. There are new episodes of Recovering From Reality every Monday, and you can follow me on social at Recovering From Reality or visit my website, recoveringfromreality.com. 